Welcome to Meta Talks, where we bring in experts to dive deep into all things metaverse. With your hosts, Kate Hancock and Daniel Robbins. Welcome everyone back to another episode of Meta Talks, part of the MetaverseTimes.io publication. Very excited because we're going to dive into Bitcoin, Islands, Boracay, Philippines, and of course, Ethan from Pouch. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me on. It's a pleasure to be uh, pleasure to be with you. No, I love the background. We were just talking about, you know, it's, it's all about the background. So the background says it all. <laughs> you are on the Bitcoin island. And so we're going to dive into that. Before we get there, though, I have to understand how did you get to where you are right now in Boracay Island in the Philippines? Great question. So um, kind of started back, I got married to a Filipina seven years ago or so and um, went visited the Philippines pretty much every year since then or at least every other year since then and spent quite a lot of time in the Philippines and um, also uh, just experienced the journey of sending money from the U.S. to the Philippines uh, generally sucks. I mean, it's expensive. Uh, it takes several days for a U.S. bank transfer to clear, right? So I was uh, pretty mentally receptive to some something outside of the banking system to transfer value across the world. Um, so I that that's what started me on the Bitcoin rabbit hole. Now, um, I was also a software engineer in Seattle um, for most of the past seven years and um, kind of technically interested as well in starting a company um, in the Philippines. Sorry, getting a call here. Mute those notifications. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, in, um, in the past year and a half, I started hacking together the pouch lightning wallet just on my own as kind of a side project, but it quickly evolved into um, getting banking rails in the Philippines and actually using Bitcoin's lightning network as a payment system within the Philippines and as a remittance system uh, for global payments. Um, And then we uh, targeted Brakai uh, specifically because it's a very international kind of touristy destination, the perfect place to prove the utility of Bitcoin's Lightning Network as a payment system. So foreigners, when they come and take their trips here, they don't have to go to an ATM machine and get physical cash, uh, which is kind of the typical paradigm before. Now foreigners can just show up with their Lightning wallet um, from wherever in the world they are and QR pay. Uh, which QR payments have become over the past couple of years, especially very prevalent in the Philippines, more so than even credit cards. Yeah, it's it's amazing, like you mentioned, how much money goes back into the Philippines from overseas. When I saw some of these numbers recently, I was blown away uh, about I've never I haven't really seen a lot of cultures where that much, you know, it's really it's really ingrained. Like if you go somewhere, you know, you really have to send money back. I think it's, you know, really a part of the culture and that's amazing. And it it brings obviously, you know, substantial amount of money back into the country. So it's very fascinating. But like you mentioned, there's always a lot of these roadblocks and it's really, it's really 
great when you can remove some roadblocks. Cause I understand from your perspective, sending money through banks. And I never understood like, why is the bank like, I can't do it on a Sunday or I can't do it after like 8 PM or whatever, you know, whatever. I know, obviously things have changed over time, but there's always these roadblocks of, and, and I want like, I'm thinking like, of course the banks have to understand, right. That's why people like partially why they like crypto is because they're not, you know, there's a, a, it removes a lot of these roadblocks. Yep. Yeah. Banks are, um, I mean, still in the U.S., the banking system, the ACH uh, clearing takes three days or so. Like, it really depends. There are um, some ways that's gotten faster. But, yeah, if you send, like, Western Union, it's a traditional remittance uh, kind of platform. And if you want to send from your U.S. bank account, you have to wait three days. Or you can use a debit card to get uh, instant funds, uh, instant availability of the funds to be picked up, but then you just end up having to pay a fixed fee as well. A few dollars of a fixed fee to make that happen. Yeah. So, and I, by the way, I, I really enjoy Barack. It's really, um, it's really a fun awesome. experience. I know that you've been here before. Nice. Yes. I, the last time I was there, we were the last boat to arrive because a super typhoon hit the Philippines at that time. And all of the hotels got flooded and people still partied on the beach in the typhoon. It was, I've never seen anything like that. It was incredible. <laughs> that, that sounds like a wild experience. Yeah. So tell me, yeah. So tell me about, I know why, like with Barakai and this Bitcoin, I mean, it, it makes sense where people don't have to exchange currencies and it's easier uh, but how do you feel that people are taking on to it and or what are you seeing so far? Because I am you know, genuinely curious too. always about sometimes things sound great. But if the you know, if the population doesn't really use it, then, you know, it, it's not as great. So I'd love to hear, like, what are you seeing from your perspective um, about how people are are utilizing it? What are they thinking about it? Yeah, we're trying to make sure everybody is having a good experience, including merchants and payers. Um, of course, there's a learning curve, and um, uh, not 100% of the time do people have a great experience. Um, we can kind of compare it to El Salvador, uh, because in the country of El Salvador, Bitcoin, of course, was declared as legal tender, and they had an experiment. Um, I went to the Adopting Bitcoin conference this past November, um, to experience <clears throat> lightning payments in the country that where Bitcoin is actually legal tender. And I was really surprised at how few places actually accepted Bitcoin. Um, even so there's like street markets that I would go to and I offered to pay in Bitcoin and people like wouldn't accept it. Um, like almost nobody accepted it actually. Only some few businesses that already had like some uh, third-party provider, which there's quite a few options. In the Philippines, Pouch is the only option to accept lightning payments uh, converted to Philippine pesos. Uh, but in El Salvador, there's a bunch more options. So there's throughout the country more um, lightning payment options. Um, and for those who are set up, the experience was quite good. I could bring my Philippine peso wallet, Pouch, PH, and pay uh, in El Salvador using my foreign e-wallet, which is pretty sweet. 
like something bringing a Philippine e-wallet, like never without Bitcoin's lightning network, there would be no way that uh, e-wallet could feasibly work. Like we'd I mean, have to directly partner and no, no company between El Salvador and the Philippines would want to spend their engineering resources on uh, a partnership to make QR payments work between these two countries. So uh, the open network aspect of lightning is really interesting. Uh, but yeah, other than um, those few businesses that were like well set up and trained, um, actually the experience was uh, in, in El Salvador itself, like many uh, people that I talked to had a bad experience with lightning. Um, the government in El Salvador rolled out the uh, Chivo wallet, uh, which they gave everybody $30 to sign up and use um, uh, the rollout campaign. So um they, that attracted millions of users overnight, right, at launch, which their systems couldn't handle, so the app had a lot of downtime. Uh, then people found they could just uh, steal ID numbers and collect $30 over and over again on behalf of other people. So a lot of fraud went on at, in the beginning. Um, so, yeah, people had a really bad taste uh, because of that rollout, like that kind of top-down mandate. So here in Barakai, now to contrast it, um, we're actually, uh, for one thing, not being pushy. Or we're not. We're not trying to mandate in any way that merchants have to accept Bitcoin. Um, and if we talk to a merchant and they have some hesitancy, um, we just tell them that's okay. No worries. We'll uh, check in with you in a few months, right? Um, and the ones, so the early adopters, the merchants are the ones interested in. Uh, the value proposition, which is uh, ex uh, accepting payments from foreign tourists, basically attracting new customers, um, new high paying customers. Um, and we don't charge anything to merchants. So it's not really uh, a hard sell most in most cases. Like we just help publicize your business to a new audience, right? Um, so the experience uh, now concern is if we have too many merchants and not enough spenders uh, then merchants feel like they've just kind of wasted their time or maybe they're like they don't feel like retraining their staff because they don't have enough customers coming in and paying uh with bitcoin so that's something that we have hit here um especially some of like the further out businesses like not near the center of uh the island uh get very few customers right so some have uh, decided to um, uninstall their app or just don't train their employees in kind of the more remote areas. Um, so something we can improve on. Um, and, but, but we've found like, okay, it's best to just kind of focus on where the tourists are and focus on these businesses that can have a good experience, right? Um, now the next problem is payments. Uh, Lightning hasn't solved yet the printed out QR code um, that you can just scan from any wallet. Um, well, there is there is a proposal called Bolt 12, which actually allows you to do that, but it doesn't work for services, companies that are trying to lock in exchange rates and deal with local fiat currency. So you could print out a static QR code and receive Bitcoin, but you couldn't if your payment processor was trying to auto-convert to dollars or to pesos for you. So this is a problem that Lightning still needs to solve, basically. Um, and our workaround is we... Um, train the cashiers to uh, basically bookmark the what we call a tip link. It's just pouch.ph slash username. 
um, onto their home screen so they can have this payment gateway. It's just a web link actually, but very simple payment gateway. You input the amount and uh, generate a QR code on the fly. And then any lightning wallet can scan it and pay it. Um, yeah, it seems like, no, it's great because many people, like you mentioned, they, before they might've only taken cash or, you know, like you said, fiat, local currency, maybe they had, you know, like a Gcash, something like that, but now it opens them up to a lot of opportunities. I think, you know, some of these, sometimes these localized um, payment systems, you have to be local to use, you know, you can't necessarily be a foreigner coming in or a tourist. So this really opens it up and gives them an opportunity to make more revenue, to generate more revenue, to generate buzz, um, to track more people that may not have gone there before. So I think that's awesome. You know, supporting these local entrepreneurs and businesses, that's great. So I want to dive into, I want to hear more about the event that you have coming up and what was the inspiration for that? And by the way, if you attach Island to anything, it sounds incredible. So yeah, right. Like a great yeah, that. yeah. Uh, so coming out of the El Salvador conference that I was mentioning earlier um, was a good piece of the inspiration. We wanted to be able to showcase um, our community uh, because actually uh, we think it's uh, even so kind of personal on a personal level, I think it's a better haven than even Bitcoin Beach, the original Bitcoin Beach. And I don't want to discredit uh, the work that they've done. Actually, they they uh, it's also an amazing community. Um, but I think like if I were to pick a place to live in the world uh, or most Bitcoiners would probably um, really find Baraka to have more amenities and just uh, kind of be a... Um, or maybe similar cost of living, um, but yeah, just kind of a, a bigger community, uh, far more like restaurant options, right? Because it's a it's a tourist uh, hub. So um, yeah, we uh, wanted to showcase Bitcoin Island and uh, prove to the world, uh, for one thing, the Bitcoiners around the world, anybody who has a Lightning Wallet or wants to download a Lightning Wallet and come try it out, that Bitcoin actually works as a payment system. So that's number one. And and that Boracay, Philippines is the best place in the world, the most livable place in the world uh, to relocate if you just want to find somewhere to live off of your Bitcoin for a while. Um, and then uh, the other thing in, within the Philippines, uh, to our local business owners here, uh, we want to prove that Bitcoiners uh, will show up and uh, also uh, Bitcoin is a viable, viable uh, payment system to accept. Um, even without the conference, we've had so many Bitcoiners showing up. Like every day we have a new uh, Bitcoiner popping into our office here who, who just came. Some came specifically for Bitcoin Island and others were just on vacation and uh, had their own Lightning Wallet already. So wanted to give it a try. Or, or, or many more even had like a Binance account or something like that. And so they had to also get a Lightning wallet. Uh, but no worries there. I mean, there's wallets like Wallet of Satoshi, you know, sign up required. You just transfer in some Bitcoin and you have uh, a Lightning wallet ready to go. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, we are actually pleasantly surprised with how many people have like kind of organically uh, shown up and supportive of the businesses accepting uh, Bitcoin. But we also want to make... Uh, make some noise 
within the community so that more and more businesses realize that this is a really viable uh, payment system. And then within the Philippines more broadly, um, beyond just local businesses in Boracay, um, the fintech industry. So we have a, a bunch of attendees from the fintech industry. Uh, there's the co-ops, which I think of co-ops like kind of like credit unions in the U.S. or or something. They're not banks, but they're community-owned um, kind of banks, like depository and lending institutions. They do insurance and like a bunch of other things that they wrap in for their members. The idea is. Uh, self-ownership or, or community ownership. And they are actually getting really, really interested in Bitcoin and enlightening some of the uh, higher ups in the co-ops um, kind of have a, a coalition they're forming. And we're, we're meeting um, to really talk about how Bitcoin can help the co-ops. They're already really interested. So this could be some uh, really neat outcome of the conference, actually uh, co-op leaders getting to talk to each other and getting to talk with Bitcoiners in the industry um, and then turning uh, community banking into actual Bitcoin banking. This ties back to El Salvador as well, because there's a company called Galloy, which has built this community banking infrastructure stack, like open source. They're the ones who actually uh, power the infrastructure for the Bitcoin Beach wallet as well, or, or their software, their open source software does. So pretty neat uh, that that could even be applied here in the Philippines as well. Um, and the idea is rather than having centralized authorities and uh, centralized, uh, well, central bank, right? Uh, managing the entire money supply for the country, it becomes much uh, less uh, prone to... Um, censorship or money printing, the more decentralized we get. So co-ops, it's a neat opportunity for decentralization, basically, to, to round out the thought there. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of reasons that we wanted to host the conference. And um, it's it should be appealing to anybody who cares about Bitcoin or vacationing in general. Like, it, it should be a fun time. I mean, I like to vacation. And yeah. I don't mind Bitcoin. So uh, I'm excited to attend myself and I, I can't wait to, to be there. And I want to experience, like you mentioned, being able to use it as an actual currency. I think that that's something that's been talked about for a long time. Do you see in the future where it's not just Bitcoin that other coins, you know, other crypto is going to be uh, used? Or do you feel like only really Bitcoin or maybe Ethereum or some of the only the really, really big ones will will kind of stick around as as something usable in most, um, you know, actual places, real places like uh, small businesses, hotels, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's a really excellent question. Um, so I know like Binance Pay is accepted in some places and they, they support all kinds of cryptocurrencies, but they don't support Lightning uh, yet. And hopefully they do. That would be neat because then our wallet could just pay at Binance Pay wallets. Um, but for now and for uh, the foreseeable future, uh, we're just going to focus on Lightning because we believe um, the off-chain approach uh, to scaling is the only viable one, really. By definition, blockchains are slow because they have to propagate around the whole world. 
and uh, have to write propagate to the entire network. Um, so blockchains do security and decentralization well, but they don't do instant low cost payments well. So that's the trade off. That's why a layer two is really necessary um, to facilitate global commercial transactions. Um, you know, into, into the thousands of transactions per second. Um, and Lightning scales to do that, whereas no blockchain by definition could. Um, Lightning itself could be expanded to other blockchains. Um, and I think there are projects uh, doing that. Um, for us, we want to focus on the biggest network, basically, um, because I think if we spread ourselves more thin, or, or the, even the world, like, if we don't... Uh, come together around one, uh, it makes it much harder to um, overtake Visa, for example, or, or any other payment system. Um, if we're in the crypto space competing amongst ourselves. Um, so personally, I'm, I'm maybe like really conservative on this front where um, we're only spending our engineering resources on the one that we've think has the best uh, chance of global adoption and um, disrupting visa, disrupting central banks. But if that changes in the industry, like more and more uh, companies are going to some other uh, lightning on some other blockchain or maybe some other layer two solution, we're certainly not closed minded uh, to that. But uh, so far, just based on what we've seen, lightning is the kind of becoming but rapidly emerging to be the standard. Um, and then I also want to make a note to anybody um, maybe interested in uh, founding a company in this space or, or who has a company already or um, is interested in accepting different uh, coins as payments. Um, there is an opportunity to being a Bitcoin only company, which might be surprising because you might think like, well, the more coins I accept, then the more opportunities there are, right? More people are interested in working with us. Um, but there's, we, we partnered with Strike in the US uh, to build this lightning send globally, like basically remittance like feature into the Strike app. Um, and we know um, that Strike would not partner with any other company unless they were a Bitcoin only company. Um, there, there's like in the Bitcoiner arena, there's uh, some toxicity, toxic maximalism, right? Uh, where Bitcoiners are Bitcoin only and never going to consider another uh, cryptocurrency. Um, I'm kind of um, just in the camp, kind of a more uh, gentle approach, I guess, in that camp where, again, just want to uh, serve people on the best network available. Um, but I but I know that if we were doing other uh, supporting, say, Ethereum payments as well, um, it's very likely that Strike would not have considered working with us. So that's actually by being Bitcoin only, it definitely has opened uh, some doors as well to other partnerships in this Bitcoin only space. I don't like the toxic attitude, actually, of a lot of Bitcoiners in the space. Like Bitcoin Twitter can be a disaster <laughs> sometimes, like the the level of unkindness in people's posts. Um, so hopefully that actually changes uh, over time. Um, but yeah, I think that's it's, just, um, it's just a part of it. Yeah, I saw the same thing with NFTs. I have, you know, numerous occasions where I was 
kind of disappointed in some people. But I think at the broader sense, like you mentioned, the broader people want to be good people and collaborate. So where are you seeing, and maybe with this event, are you collaborating with other people to make this event happen or in just in Barakai in general? Yeah. So, um, we all have local business owners in attendance, um, and, uh, leading in some ways, um, because we definitely want them to be involved. Uh, but then also beyond the locals, we have partners, uh, coins.ph in the Philippines. They, they're, um, I think the oldest crypto exchange, the, the longest, standing kind of original licensed crypto exchange in the Philippines. And uh, they uh, partnered to co-present the event, actually. So they're doing a lot of uh, marketing in their uh, community as well. And they'll be hosting some kind of activities at the event. And then Bitsquela, uh, uh, Bitcoin, crypto, Web3 education uh, platform and services within the Philippines. Um, they're also uh, co. Um, now, what was the term we used? Like uh, presenting, presented by um, Bitsquela. So Bitsquela is awesome. Coinspeech is awesome. The, the teams are really great. I've never met them in person, actually. So I'm looking forward myself to actually uh, meet so many new people in the space that I've like virtually known for a while, but never met face to face. Yeah, and I saw. Yeah, I know. I, I really enjoy those two companies as well. I saw you have people too coming from different parts of the world. Where do you see, and did you see a lot of people from outside the Philippines that were very interested to come in? And I'm wondering if they were more attracted because, you know, a lot of events happen and, you know, an event is an event is an event. Some are different, some are unique, some are, you know, kind of the same as the others, but it's rare that you see one on an island. I think I've seen maybe, you know, two or three. So are you seeing people come from, from different parts of the world and are attracted to actually not only experience your event, meet new people, but experience the vacation, the trip, the Philippines, maybe for the first time? Yeah, I think that definitely has a draw to it. Um, early on, uh, we actually called it the Bitcoin Island Retreat rather than conference because we thought we would be lucky to get like 20 people to show up. Um, but we were really surprised when like the first day we started talking about it on Twitter, we had pretty much 20 people already uh, interested in coming, like already registered. And uh, so we were like, okay, we can actually make this a big thing and book out the ballroom, partner with CoinStepPH and Bitsquela. And uh, yeah, like make this a big deal, really. Um, and that, that helps get uh, the word out about uh, Lightning uh, in a bigger way. Uh, then it definitely drew in more people because there were, there are some, there's a, it's people come for their own reasons, all different kinds of reasons. So the earlier ones, earlier uh, attendees were interested, I think, in just coming for the vacation and networking. Um, and then, <clears throat> but there were like some of the bigger speakers who uh, are just, I don't know, don't want to spend their time unless they have an audience to talk to. So when we pivoted from being like a, a tiny group of, uh, two dozen people to being a, a big conference in a ballroom, then that drew in more people, uh, more speakers who wanted to come talk to an audience or more attendees who wanted to like not miss out on this big event. Um, and it'll be a fun event. We've got some announcements planned, uh, fun activities planned. Um, 
So it's, there's definitely reason for everyone to come at this point, whether, I mean, heck, you could even come and just not show up to the conference and have an awesome vacation anyways. So how can people register and are you still selling tickets? Yeah, it's uh, pouch.ph. If you go to the website, just the pouch.ph website, and it's the top of the top uh, called Retreat. Um, and there's a registration form there. Uh, you get one of the blockers, actually, that probably limits the number of people who might attend. I don't know, is uh, the only way to pay is with Lightning. So you have to have a Lightning wallet. You have to figure it out. That's a, a barrier to entry. <laughs> So you fill out the form and then you get a lightning invoice to pay in. You get that, that's your first challenge, figuring out how to pay a lightning invoice. Um, I like that. Uh, Up for the challenge. I think it's a pretty neat uh, gatekeeping mechanism because that means that everybody who shows up has paid a lightning invoice before. Um, so there's been people have done at least a little bit of research. So maybe we can have like deeper conversations uh, and uh, broader understanding of lightning amongst the whole audience here um but yeah that, that's so we don't take credit cards we only take lightning payments um yeah, happy to help you can also drop an email to uh like support at pouch.ph or dm on twitter uh the at btc retreat account um or even on pouch.ph on the on our website there's a facebook messenger bubble and you don't need to sign in you can just like live chat so anyway that you need that works for you to get support. Like we're happy to always chat with folks interested. Well, I can't wait to see you pouch P O U C H dot P H. I'm very excited to visit Barakai cause it's been four years since I've been there and we, well, we're like two, three weeks away. So I'm excited to see you in three weeks and to use Bitcoin in Barakai. Never thought that would happen, but Ethan, thank you so much for being here. And I'll see you in three weeks. So everyone check out pouch.ph if you want to go to the island retreat conference. Amazing place of Barakai. Uh, thank you so much for your time, Ethan. You bet. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks so much for the opportunity to talk about it. Thank you for listening. Please rate, review and subscribe and visit metatalks.com. That's talks with a Z. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. At Stangy Law Firm, we represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri.